Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. And I am old. But we're going to be in the book of Habakkuk. I'm going to break the book of Habakkuk down in four parts. Um, And the title of this sermon is Watching and Waiting. The first time that Chuck Swindoll spoke and preached from the book of Habakkuk was in 1969. 1969. And he's decided to do a little experiment. So what he'd done the week before he preached, during his daily routine, whoever he ran into, he would ask them a question, what did Habakkuk mean to them? What did Habakkuk mean to them? And here are some of the following responses he got. He said a man in a gas station said it was a word spelled backwards. (laughs) A secretary he ran into said it was a Jewish holiday. A waitress said she was sure it was a village in Vietnam. Now, I don't know where she got that from. A teenager said it was a horror movie. And one said it was a game you play, Habakkuk. (laughs) Another lady said it was a fish, Habakkuk. But I think she got it confused with halibut (laughs) or haddock. Maybe the best of all is this. An older gentleman said, I think it's a disease of the lower back, (laughs) Habakkuk. Maybe not a popular book in the Old Testament. Maybe one that you have not read uh, recently, or maybe you skipped over it altogether. It's only three short chapters. And I'm not sure that if we asked that same question today, that we probably would get some of the same answers. We know very little about Habakkuk, really, other than what's penned in the book itself. The book only consists of three short chapters. Three short chapters. The biblical scholars said that they believe Halibut lived and prophesied maybe in two different kings. One, Josiah. Now, he was a good king. He led, he led the southern kingdom, Judah, into, uh, uh, to God. And then there was jo- Jehoiakim, who, who did wrong before God and who led the people away from God. This was probably in and around 600 B.C. He's the eighth minor prophet of the 12 in the Old Testament. But what makes Habakkuk unusual is like, uh, unlike the other prophets, the other minor prophets that would hear from God and then go speak on God's behalf to Israel, Habakkuk is an autobiography of a conversation, a conversation that he had with God. Basically, it consists of a couple complaints from Habakkuk and a couple responses from God. So I'm going to break down the scripture in these four parts, and we're going to start in Habakkuk chapter 1, 1 through 4. This is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. How long, O Lord, must I call for your help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds 
Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue, and the law has become paralyzed. And there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has come perverted. See, Habakkuk didn't like all the chaos and all the sin that was happening around him. Everywhere he looked was chaos and destruction. He didn't like the arguments. He didn't like the fighting. And it seemed to him that the wicked was having their way over the righteous. And so Habakkuk did what any of us would do. What any of us Christians would do when everything around us is falling apart and when we don't understand why something is happening the way it's happening, we turn to God. We turn to God for the answer. We pray and we cry out to God for his help. Not just once, but many times the same prayer may be prayed over and over and over. And we cry out to God. But we're like Habakkuk. We expect an answer. We expect an answer. We expect change to happen. And so we should. When we pray, we should pray with what? We should pray with expectancy. That's the way we should pray. So it's evident here, though, that this wasn't the first time that Habakkuk had prayed and called out to God over this situation. How long, he said, must I call how long must I call for help and you do not answer? Now, what I do like about Habakkuk is that it's a very bold and honest approach to God. <laughs> he didn't hold back. He spoke his feelings. He was tired of the silence. And he wanted to know how long. Who do you voice your complaints to? Who do you just boldly go to face and face in a conversation and, and, and voice your complaints? Is it God? Is it wrong to go to God honestly and forward with boldness to let him know how you feel? I told my wife, I said, can you imagine if God showed up at my living room door? I mean, I would call my wife on the phone, and I'd say, hey, guess what? What? God showed up at my door today. No, I'm not kidding you. He showed up at my door today. What did I tell him? I sat him down on the couch, and I gave him what for? <laughs> no, I didn't serve him lunch. I asked him why in the world he ain't answered my prayers. I asked him how long am I going to have to sit here and wait on it? Click. <laughs> Have you ever voiced your complaints boldly to God? Habakkuk did. I want to read you what God's response was to Habakkuk's first complaint. Verse 5. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed, for I am doing something in your day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I'm raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. 
They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. The horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away. Like eagles, they swoop down to devour the prey. On they come, all bent on violence. The hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scuff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone, but they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their God. Not exactly the answer you want from God. God basically said, I'm going to use these cruel and mean Babylonians to clean up the southern kingdom of Judah and all the sin. And Habakkuk's complaint was heard by God. But God's answer was not what Habakkuk had expected. And a lot of times, I think it's true for us. Habakkuk, he expected a rescue. He, he, he expected a rescue to come. Not more violence. Not more violence. Especially violence from, from your enemy. This is, see, this is not the vision that Habakkuk had when he prayed. See, we all want God to react in our prayers in our ways, with our expectation, and in our time, with our vision. I'm going to say that again. We, we want God to react in our ways, with our expectations, in our time, and with our vision. But the truth is that it's never our vision. It's always God's vision that we should seek. So our prayer should be, God, I want to see what you see. Isaiah 55, 8 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. So, Habakkuk's turn to respond to God. Verse 12 through 17. Habakkuk says this. Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Lord, I rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our sins, our many sins. But you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they. Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up on the hooks and caught in the nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they, they will claim. Will you let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever? And their heartless quest forever used twice. No, Habakkuk is saying this. 
What? Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? That's not what I had in mind at all. Sorry, I watch Andy Griffin. In other words, Mike is basically saying, why, God, are you going to do it that way? Why are you going to do it that way? I don't understand. I don't understand what you're doing. This doesn't make sense to me. I'm confused about how and what you're doing. Surely, surely, this is not your plan. Have you ever felt that way when you pray? Habakkuk goes on in 2 1, he says, I will climb up to my watchtower and I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. A watchtower. I'm going to go to my watchtower. A watchtower was usually built inside the city, the city uh, walls and the gates of the city, and it was a tall, tall, tall platform. And when you got up to the platform, you stood guard because you could see for miles on top of that platform. And Habakkuk said, I'm going to go up to my, my, my watchtower and stand guard. He was saying, Lord, I'm going to go up to my watchtower and I'm going to stand guard. I'm going to wait. Listen to me. I'm going to wait on the Lord. Why? Because I need to see further. I want to see what you see. See, my vision's blurred. I, I can't see past the destruction that surrounds me. I want to see beyond today, so I'm just going to wait on you. I'm just going to wait, period. See, there's stuff that happens in our lives that becomes a big, giant wall. And we can't see over it. There's things that happen that we just can't see. We can't get past them. We can't get past the financial problems. We can't get past the health problems. We can't get past the relationship problems. All these walls are built up. We can't get past the addiction problems. And we can't see past the destruction that they're causing in our lives. We can't see past the destruction that blurs our vision for what the future lies for us, what God has for us. So we have to do what a bucket does. We have to get up high above our everyday worries, our everyday problems, and know that God is still in control. When all else seems to be falling apart, we need to understand that God is still in control. And we wait. If you want to see eternally beyond what's happening in your life, in the midst of all the destruction that may be going on around you, you've got to live by faith. And you've got to wait on God. See, I want to get I want to get up on my watchtower. 
I want to see beyond my troubles. I want to see further than just what's around me. I want to see what God sees. See, we cannot grow weary in times when things are not happening as quick as we think they should. When it seems as though God is clueless about what's happening in your life. So when your hope is dwindling down, we need to get up on our watchtower. We need to find that place where you can see above the chaos in your life. And we need to position ourselves so that you can see God at work. We need to position ourselves away from the chaos and into his presence. Now, what does that look like? Well, I'll tell you what it doesn't look like. It's not positioning yourself in front of the TV watching Fox News, CNN, MNBC, MSNBC. It's not, it's not going to be found on Facebook. It's not going to be found on Instagram. You might be enlightened of the chaos that's going on in the world. But if you're not careful, you're going to get sucked down into the dreariness of it. Our focus on God cannot get lost in the bad news. We can become nearsighted to the promises of God if we're not careful. We can lose sight of our future because we can't see past the problems of this world. However, if you want to position yourself before God's word and read his word every day, you can be filled with his promises. And those promises will keep us focused on the future. See, his word, his promises gives us the hope for tomorrow. His word sustains us during the rough times, and it gives us hope for tomorrow. See, Habakkuk positioned himself to wait and to watch for God. God's children, us, believers in Christ, are those who in the days of trouble believe God and his word despite what they can see with their limited vision. So in Habakkuk 2, 2 through 4, God's replies. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by the faithfulness to God. The answers to our prayers are not always immediate. Sometimes we're asked to just simply wait and trust. But we can be assured of one thing. We can be assured it will be answered at God's appointed time. 
There are times that God asks us to endure. We don't like it. We, sometimes we're asked to endure the lines of Walmart. We don't like it. But sometimes we're, we're to endure the spans in life where life doesn't seem fair. And if you will continue to trust God, that God's ahead of us. He's not behind us. He's ahead of us making that pathway for you to follow and not give up. Not give up. Then we can be assured that in the end, God will show up. Endure. I'm a little different maybe how I like to apply what we just read to, to real life situations. And um, I'm a football enthusiast, okay? I love football. I coached football for 13 years. And I see God in football. That's, that's, that's me. And I, and I want to, I want to read, um, I don't know how many of you know about Deion Sanders and coaching the Colorado Buffaloes, you know, his first year and Oh, high expectations. The media jumped all over it. They, they got into the top 20, maybe 25. You know, big expectations. And, and, they, and they won a couple of games. But he did a speech to his players at the end of a game that they lost against USC. I think they had won two, three, two games. Then they lost two in a row. <clears throat> and I want to read you. Um, what his halftime speech was, well, not, not his halftime, what his, they lost, what he said in the locker room to his players after they lost. And I believe this will tie together what Habakkuk was teaching us. Dion says, now you understand where we are. You understand what could and should and would have done if we would have played the first half like we played the second. One play here and there, keeping contained, doing your assignments, keeping the quarterback in the pocket, making the plays, making the blocks, getting that extra yard. You understand what, you could have, what could have happened. So understand that taste in your mouth that you don't want it again because I know, listen, I know that we have something special here. You're going to, you, you got to be a fool if you can't see what we're building. I'm proud of each and every one of you. You know how much I hate losing because I'm a winner. You have nothing, 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 not one thing to hang your head down on. You guys fought. You were resilient. You didn't give up. You could have quit. You could have tapped out, and I was looking amongst the bench, and I was going up and down, trying to see who was tapping out, trying to see who lost focus. And I'm so darn proud of all of you. Dion was saying this, you didn't give up. You endured. You didn't lose focus. You endured. 
Look at what we're building. Can you not see it? See, their vision was the same as it was before they played the first game. To come out of the season as winners. Nothing changed. It may have seemed after two big defeats that they was headed in the wrong direction. But they had to look forward. They had to endure the tough times to get where they were going. And see, I believe God was saying the same to Habakkuk. He said, it may seem as though you're losing the battle. But I'm making a pathway for your future. Look at where I'm taking you. The winds will surely come. Look at what we're building. In other words, here's where we are now, but here's where we're going. Here's where we are now, but here's where we're going. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. They had to endure. We have to endure. Sometimes God just asks us to endure. But we can't lose faith. Sometimes we simply are asked to wait. Isaiah 43, 19 says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. And I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. He did that for the Israelites. See, God has a vision for each and every one of us. Sometimes we just have to believe in the pathway. Sometimes we just have to watch, wait, to trust God's plan. Sometimes our vision is limited. We just have to put our faith in God, period. So this morning, I'm going to ask, what about you? I want to ask, can you see what God sees? He has a vision for you and I. One that will prosper you. But one more importantly... And this is most importantly. It's one that will lead you closer to him. I'm just going to ask you to, everyone just to close their eyes for a second. I just want to ask a question. Are you waiting on God? Is there something in your life that is happening to you and you just don't understand why? 
does God seem to be missing in action? Maybe your vision is blurred. And you can't make out what God is doing. If so, then it's high time for you to find your high tower. And when you do, you stand guard. You position yourself before God's word so that you can see what he sees. Position yourself high above your troubles and don't get lost in them. And wait on God. Because he said that in the end, he'll surely come. Maybe this morning you've been fighting your troubles alone. And maybe you have never reached out for God's help. Maybe you've been living your life without ever recognizing that God is calling you to himself. See, I want to give you that opportunity today. If you're tired of going through it alone, and if you need Jesus to come into your life, I would just like to ask that you raise your hand real high so that I can see it. If there's anybody that needs Jesus today, today's the day. Let's pray together. God, thank you for seeing me today. Let's repeat. Would y'all repeat after me? God, thank you for seeing me today. I need you in my life. I surrender today all my troubles to you. I need your vision for my life. And I, I desire to see what you see. I choose to follow you. Thank you for making a pathway through the cross so that I have a future with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to worship. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.